the cuff i am adam banks coming at you live from lexington kentucky thank you for listening to the show it has been a crazy week i just got back from myrtle beach south carolina love myrtle beach south carolina it's one of my favorite vacation spots and i almost moved there actually a couple of years ago for a job i had a job interview at ori county technical college for a communication instructor. I did not take the position, and looking back on it makes me a little sad because living near the beach would have been amazing. But then you think about it. Could you actually live at a spot that you're so used to vacationing at? I don't know. But went to Myrtle Beach. This time didn't have the stress of having to go to a job interview. I went because it was just pure vacation. Went with... um, uh, good company and had good company, had an amazing time, relaxed. It was a relaxation vacation. There was no like crazy stories to tell you from this trip. It's not like I went to bars and clubs and, and, uh, partied on the beach. It was nothing like that. It was just a pure relaxing vacation, hanging on the beach, chilling by the pool and just sinking in that coastal Carolina vibe. And Anyone who needs to get away for a while, Myrtle Beach is a great place to do it at because it's not that expensive and it's not too far from Lexington if you live in the Lexington, Kentucky area. This time we decided to drive down to Myrtle Beach instead of flying. Uh, I wouldn't recommend the drive. I hate driving. I think anything over eight hours is too long and this drive was about nine and a half. But we had every intention to fly. Uh, our flight got canceled by Allegiant the night before the trip. I was in the bed, and one of my buddies called me. He said, dude, our flight was canceled. I said, what are you talking about? Sure enough, I woke up, looked at my phone, and there was a notification from Allegiant Air saying that our flight had been canceled. So we ended up saying, screw it. Ended up driving. The drive wasn't that bad because when you drive... With other people to the beach, it's always better than driving by yourself on a long trip. When I was at the beach, the only thing that I heard newsworthy was that uh, LeBron James is wanting to possibly go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I'm a Laker fan. The Lakers, if I had to choose an NBA team to root for, it's been the Lakers ever since I was a kid after Michael Jordan retired because I think every kid that grew up in the 90s was a Bulls fan, let's face it. But after Michael retired, I became an L.A. fan because I fell in love with the Los Angeles Lakers in the early 2000s with that team with Derek Fisher and Robert Ory and uh, Rick Fox and Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. They won three championships. That was a powerhouse team. I loved the L.A. Lakers back in 2000s. It was it was great. So I always kind of had a special place in my heart for the Lakers, and I love the Lakers. And now LeBron is thinking about going there. I don't like LeBron James. I'm not a fan of LeBron James. I respect what he does. He is the greatest player in the NBA. He is the greatest player currently in the world. So, you know, if he comes to the Lakers, hey, it's a catch-22. I don't like the guy, but hey, I'll... I'll root for him if he comes to the Lakers because he's going to be playing for my team. What I dread 
is the people who don't like the Lakers are going to cross over to being a Lakers fan because LeBron's there. I hate people who follow just single individual players. I hate that. Pick a team. Pick a team. Root for that team. Cheer for that team. How could you root for a team to win a world championship one year, and then the next year, if they go to another team, you're rooting for a completely different team? I just don't see how that happens. I just don't see how you do that. If it's not a relative of yours, or if it's not a close personal friend, if it's a player that you admire, okay, yeah, respect them, cheer for him, but pick a team. Don't pick a player and follow them. Pick a team. Pick a team. I think you will have more self-fulfillment if your team does well other than an individual player. What are you getting out of that person's accomplishments? Are you waking up every morning and looking at your bank account and seeing extra money in your account because LeBron James won a national championship? No, but people go crazy over it. It cracks me up. Like the draft's coming up on Thursday, the NBA draft. And I see statuses, oh my God, I can't wait for the NBA draft. I can't wait to see where all the Kentucky players are going to go. I'm so excited for them. Oh my God. I hear that. And I'm, and it's, it's almost like you would think that they gave birth to these people, that, that they're talking about their kids. And I'm like, why are you so excited about watching someone else become a millionaire? I'm not saying be jealous and have a jealous heart of, over someone who becomes a millionaire, but why get so daggone excited and change your whole day around to watch someone become a millionaire? Because I promise you they're not thinking about you. I promise you they don't give a crap about you. I promise they don't probably they probably don't even know you exist. So why are you so excited? Oh my God, they just became a millionaire. Can you believe it? That Kevin Knox just went number four. Yes, yes, yes. That's how people act. It really irks me when people act like that. Stop it. It's not life-changing. It's not affecting your life. But with that being said, the NBA draft, yeah, it's Thursday. It's going to be... A, a very talented stack draft. I think there's a lot of talented players in this draft. On most draft boards I've seen, uh, DeAndre Ayton from Arizona is going to be the number one draft pick. He is the center out of Arizona, seven feet tall, 260 pounds. He's a beast. And that's probably going to go, uh, he's going to be the first name called on Thursday. Phoenix Suns, the first time in history that they've had the number one draft pick. So they better not screw it up. I think DeAndre Ayton is by far the best player in the draft. So you need to take DeAndre Ayton. On most draft boards, I've been seeing Marvin Bagley and Trey Young in two and three. So well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, Now, as far as Kentucky players, y'all know I'm a Kentucky fan, so I'm going to talk about them. The first player from Kentucky to go, Kevin Knox, number 10 to Philadelphia. I'm seeing on draft boards. I'm also seeing Shea Gilgis-Alexander going to the L.A. Clippers at number 12. And that is it for the first round for Kentucky players. In the second round, you're going to have Jared Vanderbilt going 46 to Houston. And Hami Diallo going to OKC in a lot of draft boards, and that's number 57 in the second round. So that's all the Kentucky players that I'm seeing. You still got 
Winion Gabriel in the draft, but he's not on any draft boards. I don't see him getting drafted, so he's probably looking at an international career. But we'll talk more about the draft after the draft premieres on Thursday night on ESPN. Um, we'll discuss the results of the draft. Some personal news going on with me. I signed a new lease to move into a new apartment. 4057, I've lived here for six years. It's no longer going to be my home. It's like saying goodbye to a friend. I'm having a lot of anxiety over leaving this place because I've lived here ever, you know, this whole time I've lived in Lexington at this one spot. And separating from it is going to give me a lot of separation anxiety. And I have a new place. When one door closes, one door opens. Waterstone Apartments in Hamburg is where I will be moving. That is right across from the Polo Club. Not to be confused with the Polo Club Apartments, but they're right beside of the Polo Club. I'm excited about, excited about moving, but I am a little anxious about it too. All right, I want to talk about this. The Jerry Springer Show, after 27 years, is coming to an end. They have ended production on that show after 27 years of being on the air. The Jerry Springer Show is an iconic show. I've been to the Jerry Springer Show. I've watched it live in person in the studio audience. Went back in 2007 and went with Amber, as a matter of fact. We've talked about it here on the podcast before. And uh, I heard that Jerry is hes just done doing it. He says he's getting up there in age, and he's done pretty much all he can do with the show. And after 27 years, they have ended production of new episodes. But that doesn't mean Jerry is going away altogether. The CW has made a deal with the Jerry Springer Show to show reruns for the next two years. So you will still be able to see Jerry Springer on the air, which is kind of giving people enough time to... Let go of Jerry Springer very slowly instead of rapidly all together at once. Because usually when a show ends, like Sally Jesse Raphael or Ricky Lake or Oprah Winfrey, the show's just off the air for good. But Jerry is giving you some time to cope with his absence because he's going to give you two years on the CW of reruns of his show. Jerry Springer has been on the air for 4,000 episodes. And the show has aired in syndication since 1991. Producers of the show have stated that there is a possibility that there could be more episodes in the future, but it kind of leaves everybody in limbo. Is Jerry going away? Is Jerry coming back? I don't know. I think that this is probably the end for the show. Jerry was, of course, the talk show host where you got to watch people fight on stage. They talked about relationship problems. They talked about racial issues. This show started out as a very serious show. The Springer Show was not always a tabloid talk show. It was it used to cover serious issues. And Jerry was the mayor of Cincinnati. He was a news anchor for WLWT in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then his personality and his charisma from being on the air in Cincinnati landed him his own talk show on local television in Cincinnati. And they decided to make that show go national, so they moved Jerry to Chicago and nationally broadcasted his talk show. And for the first two seasons, it was a very serious format where it talked about government, where it talked about politics, and it talked about you know reuniting, reuniting families after 
you know, several years apart, and there was a lot of emotional appeal to that show. But one day during a production of Jerry Springer, there was a fight that broke out on the show. And after that fight broke out on the show, it got such a huge response from America that Jerry decided to just let fans have what they wanted, which was people slugging it out on stage. When people started to fight on, they knew that the the Jerry Springer show was a show that you didn't have to be civil on. You could go if you found out that your girlfriend was cheating on you. You could beat up the guy she was cheating up, she was cheating on you with on the stage, and people ate it up. Jerry is a television icon. His show was at one time bigger than the Oprah Winfrey show. He had pay per views and everything. Some shows they called it too hot for TV. To where some shows was so violent and so distasteful that it couldn't be shown on cable television. They had to put it on pay-per-view. And people would rent it. One of the most famous Jerry Springer pay-per-views was I Married a Horse. Where it talked about a guy who actually married his horse that was out in his barn. His wife left him because he was bumping and grinding up on his horse out in the barn behind the house. But people watched it. Uh, Jerry had his own feature film called Ringmaster and I love that movie Ringmaster me and my sister used to watch it all the time when we were kids and we would laugh at it so much and it was just basically just talking about what it was like behind the scenes on Jerry Springer it was a scripted movie but it gave us an insight of what it was kind of like behind the stage and how people were always fascinated over this old man Jerry Springer people loved him the guest loved him Jerry had a reputation of just being a regular civilian. I think that people related to Jerry Springer. Jerry never acted like he was better than the guest on his show, and people liked that. People respected that. And I think that's why his show was so successful after all of these years. He had security that worked on his show that would always break up the fights because he would let them get... He would let them fight, and he'd let them go for a couple minutes, but he always had security, like bouncers, to break up the fights. The most famous security guy who got a lot of recognition was Steve Wilkos. And Steve Wilkos was a security um, guard for the show. He was a bouncer. And the fans really latched on to this security guy, and he ended up getting his own show, The Steve Wilkos Show which I believe is still on the air today. I know Steve Wilkos is going through some legal problems right now due to a DUI he had. But the Steve Wilkos show, uh, let me see. It looks like that it's still on the air, as a matter of fact. But anyway, I, I do miss the format of talk shows during the daytime. The, I'm talking the format where you have the host stand in the audience with the people. There's so much people interaction. They walk around. They let audience members ask questions to the guest on the show. They talk a lot of crap. Uh, you used to see that a lot, especially in the 90s with Ricky Lake and Jerry Springer and Sally Jesse Raphael and Geraldo and uh, Oprah Winfrey. She used to have that format. But that format is going away. Even Maury Povich had the format of walking around with a microphone. Montel Williams. All those guys walked around with a microphone, had the little card in their hand, walked around the audience, had guests come out. It was it was an awesome format. And there was only a few shows left that did that. I say a few more shows. I can't think of 
another show that did it other than Jerry Springer. Oprah eventually went to a sofa format where she would just sit on the sofa and talk to guests. Uh, Maury Povich went from talking, walking around the audience to just sitting on stage reading paternity tests. Jerry Springer actually still walked around with his microphone and uh, people would ask questions from the audience and talk about it. But that's going away. It's going away, man. If you want to check out the Jerry Springer show that I was on, uh, you can Google Naughty Nightmares. It was a pay-per-view that I watched. So it wasn't even on television. It was on pay-per-view. It was on Naughty Nightmares, and you can pull that up and watch it. Uh, Viewer discretion is advised, though. It is the Jerry Springer show. I want to talk about this, too. There is a new rapper by the name of XXX Tina Sean. I guess that's how you pronounce it. But I'd never even heard of this guy till the other day. I was on Instagram and I kept seeing these videos of this young black kid who was in his car and he had apparently been shot and left for dead. And I don't know if he was dead when they found him in his car. I don't know if he died on the way to the hospital. But he was apparently uh, gunned down uh, and just was killed. He was murdered. He was apparently motorcycle shopping and on his way back to his car, he was ambushed by two other gentlemen and, uh, I shouldn't say gentlemen, two other, you know, hoodlums and, uh, killed him. I guess they robbed him or whatever, but they, they, uh, killed him. And the the story is still developing. They don't really know exactly who did it. They have arrested somebody uh, and they they have charged them for the murder. But this guy, I don't know very well, this young rapper. And uh, here is an interview, one of his first interviews he did on 103.5 The Beat, uh, where he tells you how to pronounce his name. And the that's the first question the host asked him is, how do you pronounce your name? Pronounce your name, please. <laughs> Yo, all right. X X X Tentacion. Okay. So what do, what do you want me to call you? Just call me X. So X. So this rapper X, uh, 20 years old, he was gunned down and he's no longer with us. He's dead. Uh, he had a baby on the way. His girlfriend was pregnant. But when someone dies, you do hear a lot about him. I think this guy's getting a lot more recognition in his death than he ever did while he was alive. Uh, he had a lot of songs, and I, he was real underground. I think he had a couple songs, maybe make it to the billboards, but not many people heard of him. And you hear all these stories about who this guy was, and apparently he was someone who beat his pregnant girlfriend up. He was someone who uh, committed a lot of crime. He was in and out of jail a lot at only 20 years old. But regardless, if he was a thug or if he was a hoodlum or whatever you want to call him, you know, he he is still a human being, and no one deserves to be murdered, and he was. His life was taken, and it's just tragic. Gun violence in this country is, is horrible, and um, it, they, it, there's really nothing we can do about guns getting into the hands of the wrong people. If someone wants to get a gun badly enough, they're going to get a hold of it, and that's what's happened to uh, this rapper, some... I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if he knew the people who murdered him. Uh, you know, I don't know if he knew who these people were. 
I'm sure he didn't see it coming, but I wonder if these people were in his life. Was it just a random act? I don't know. Okay, after looking through some of these articles while I'm doing the show as we speak, I'm seeing that they have arrested someone for this murder. Um, I, I got more information on that. Uh, apparently, just two days after he killed X, he wrote a threatening post on his Facebook account under a different name, Chucky Williams. He wrote, Don't piss me off. You will never know what's next. And the guy, the real name of this guy is Derdrick Devonshay Williams. He posted the message on Wednesday, and he was in front of a white car and showing off a hefty gold bracelet. Hmm. I hope they catch the guy who did it. Regardless of what kind of person this rapper X was, a murderer needs to go down for what he did. So hopefully they catch him. All right, really quick before I wrap up the show, I just want to say that we did do a whole episode on Roseanne, the cancellation of Roseanne. Roseanne has apparently been rebooted. Remember, if you go back and listen to the episode canceled of Off the Cuff, you will hear my thoughts on rebooting the show Roseanne, and I gave you my ideas of what they should do about the show. Well, apparently that's happening. I guess the the president of ABC listened to Off the Cuff and took my idea, but she apparently has announced that uh, a season two of the new Roseanne show, I guess it's not a season two, I guess it's a spinoff of the old Roseanne show, and it's called The Connors, and it's going to be around uh, John Goodman, who is plays the role of Dan, Sarah Gilbert, who plays the role of Darlene and Lori Metcalf, who that plays the role of Jackie. It's going to center around those three. They're calling it the Connors, and it's going to be basically about the same family, just with the absent of Roseanne. So, how are they going to write Roseanne's character off? If you listen to the old episode of Off the Cuff, I said they left it off perfectly where they could do that. They could write it off to where she dies under the knife, uh, where she's in surgery for her knee, she dies. They could write it off as a drug overdose. I think writing it off as a drug overdose would be a very powerful message to send out on television. An iconic TV character like Roseanne Connor dying over a drug overdose would send so many shockwaves in the television world. Okay, yeah, we all know what Roseanne Barr did with a nasty tweet, but Roseanne Connor, the TV mom, the TV character, dying of a drug overdose would be a powerful message to send out on uh, the television airwaves, sending out messages about drug use. We do know that there's a huge opioid addiction in this country, a huge opioid addiction. And Roseanne, the TV show Roseanne, focused on American real-life issues all the time. So... Now they can create a storyline to where this iconic TV mom dies from a drug overdose. Roseanne has always been a show that spoke to people. It spoke to blue-collar America. Even in this tragic situation of Roseanne Bard doing the nasty tweets, we can take this situation and write a script to make something good come out of this. Sending a message about opioid use. It can happen to anybody. And the consequences are real. 
we're going we could see a huge storyline from this. This could create a whole new show and it's it's going to it could they could talk about how a family struggles after losing a mother and a grandmother and a sister and a and a wife to opioids. The addiction is real and good people get addicted to painkillers. You go in for a surgery. You've never touched drugs. You never th- even thought about doing drugs. You were always against drugs. You go in for surgery for something with your back or your knee. And I'm telling you, if you have enough pain, you will do anything to want it to stop. So people will take a pain pill because those do help and people can get addicted to it. So this is a very relatable storyline. Even the iconic TV mom character, Roseanne Connor, got addicted to it and died from it and left behind a whole family. And ABC could create a show built around that to where a family has to struggle without the absence of a mother, of a sister, of a wife, of a grandmother, of a friend. So I hope ABC don't screw it up. They could go the storyline to where she they just want to kill her off maybe in a maybe in a comedic fashion. I mean, Roseanne was always a comedian. Maybe they want to bury they've already buried the real life character Roseanne Barr. Maybe they want to bury and humiliate the TV mom, Roseanne Connor, and just have her die under the knife over something stupid. Or they might even go they they might even they might even write her out in a silly way like she slipped on a banana peel and hit her head. Who knows what they're going to do. But I hope ABC doesn't mess this up. They have an opportunity of a lifetime to create a show that could speak volumes. All right, we're going to close the podcast out to X rap music. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to Off the Cuff. I will see you in the next episode.